Welcome to the Solar Line Business Babes podcast. My name is Susan Francis, and I'm a mindset manifestation expert, business coach, and mentor helping women quantum leap their business success and make the seemingly impossible a reality. And if you're here, you've been called here for a reason. You know within your soul that you are capable of so much more, and I'm here to help you unlock your full potential and manifest your dream life and business. It is my mission to empower female entrepreneurs to connect back to their soul, to their true calling, and to create a business from a place of alignment and purpose. So if you're struggling with hard work and force in your business, then get ready to let go of everything you think you know. It's time to forget all the stress, all the strategies, all the hustle, and instead unlock the secret to manifesting your next level of abundance. Join me as I deep dive into creating a business that flows, teach you how to trust your intuition, create a mindset of abundance, experience more joy, and to learn how to become magnetic to the money and success you desire. I have a down-to-earth, strictly no BS approach and make the woo-woo seem logical and actionable. I know that the knowledge, tools, and insights I share will change your life and the way you approach your business forever, and I'm excited to help you expand. Let's get started. Welcome back. So on today's podcast, I have the beautiful Deborah Sunderland, who is the founder and CEO of the global coaching network Sunderland Coaching. So she works exclusively with seven and eight figure CEOs and business owners to transform their lives and create unprecedented success without sacrificing their joy. I love that. (laughs) That sounds amazing. (laughs) Welcome, Deborah. Thank you. Yes, I want everyone's life to be amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you you for joining us. So I'd love you just to kind of introduce yourself a little bit more, I guess, and tell us a bit about what you do, who you work with, Mm -hmm. fill us in on the goss. Yeah, so um, what I've really been discovering is that those who are, for myself too, which is so fun, um, the more curious we are, the more we learn about who we are. And isn't that the most important thing is who we are and who we're becoming? And I'm like many of the the beautiful business owners I coach, CEOs of corporations um, who, like me, have been taught, reinforced since they were little, how to gain success, how success looks like when we get an A and can pass through a certain course when we're young, how we can get to the next grade, how we can get into college, how we can go work for this corporation until we're like exhausted and wondering what is this all for and who the heck am I? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And then we find ourselves having disengaged companies. Um, people are suffering because they're, they're, they're sick. They're not motivated. They're just showing up. They're stressed because they don't want to be there. Right. And so I'm like, what are we creating? And I'm much of the life that I lived. I was one of those overachievers, overachiever, everything I did, I had to be the best, you know, first chair violinist, best sprinter on my track running academics. high. When I worked for corporations, I had to be the best sales and then the best you know, sales leader and whatever it was, it was never ending. And it never felt like uh, there was enough. It was do the next, do the next, do the next, you know, you know how it goes. Mm, So it is never enough, right? Yeah, it is never enough. And what we learn, what I've learned 
And I had to say, dear people, dear ones, because I just had a coaching call with four, a small pot of four amazing leaders uh, from different industries this morning. And every one of them, three men, one, one female from different industries. And everyone, don't you know what they said? But it came down to they're vulnerable enough to say, I don't believe I'm enough. I don't believe mm. I'm enough. Yeah. And that unconscious hidden talk to ourself. Yeah right, is rooted in so much social media right now. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. And the young ones are suffering more than we did because we didn't get that. We just, yeah. you know, had a lot of other, you know, but they're getting like a double whammy. So I really support people waking up to they're not what they do. And if they were to step into their genius instead of their excellence, because we're created as excellence people, how do we be the best? Instead of who are you becoming? My work is helping people realize that they have unconscious beliefs that keep them stuck yes. in the old ways. And how do they shift to becoming who they're meant to be? Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you know, the whole, I'm not enough really underlies most that that's really at the core of most people's limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Just that one thing, because whatever it is that you, that you fear or the, whatever you're afraid of, whether it's you're afraid of success or failure or not being uh, accepted or fear of being judged underneath all of that is just a fear of not being enough. Right. It's just that you want to be enough. Totally not being enough or that I don't have enough or won't have enough. If I don't do X, Y, Z, yeah, I won't be accepted or I won't have enough to give to my kids or there all the stories that run yeah. our brain, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. all around scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so, yeah. and I'd love you to share several years ago, you had an accident that nearly took your life. And so I'd love you to share how that sort of changed the direction of your life and your business. Yeah. So like I said, I'm the overachievers overachiever. And well, maybe I didn't coin it that way, but that's pretty much who I was. And I started racing my bike, competitive cycling in doing criterium racing when I was 42, which is not really typical. Um, People usually start doing that when they're in their teens, right? And um, so in that type of racing, I was placed with all ages because in cycling, you're placed on your, your level of knowing and success and you keep moving your way up. So I was placed in with all these young ones my first year. And to tell you how crazy my brain was and my thinking, I was number two out of 998 women, my first year of racing. Now, I don't think it's because I was better or stronger, or I just think I was so much more pushed inside of myself to achieve. That's amazing. And that's what I believe CEOs, but that's what I believe. Like the key, huge CEOs Mm -hmm. are so successful or big business. They have that same drive in me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's that, yeah, oh, yeah. that, you know, I'm going to win at all costs, right? Yes. Well, yeah. the amazing thing was um, eight years ago in June 1st, I was in a race and feeling great, thinking I'm going to podium. And the next thing I knew, somehow I was trapped by other cyclists. I don't remember this. So I was told this later in the race. And I went plummeting to the curb. And in that plummet, I was told we were going about 40 miles an hour. Nine of my ribs were shattered. My lung was punctured. My shoulder was separated. My ear um, temporal bone was broken. And most importantly, 
my skull was cracked and the back of my my um, brain bounced from the back to the back of my skull and then it bounced to the front and that bouncing caused a lot of bleeding in my brain and it started convulsing and Mm -hmm. the race doctor came running to me and long and short of it, they raced me to a trauma one hospital and they called my family and said, we don't think she's going to live. You need to, yeah, you need to, because of our brain. But the cool thing was, um, so I was put in a coma and for a month, um, they tested to see if I was going to be okay. They plated my ribs and then they finally released me to therapy to learn to walk, talk, cut my food again, um, and heal. And when I left, this is the funny thing. This is for all of you and in knowing and not knowing how important your thinking is to yourself. Um, my, the neuro doctor came in right before I left the hospital to go to therapy to go home and then be in therapy where a van had to come pick me up. Cause I wasn't allowed to drive for months. Um, he said, now you're going to need to rest and just know that it's probably going to be two to three years for you to be okay. It's going to take that long for your brain to heal because you have a severe brain injury. And I was not hearing it because he's talking to a severely brain injured person. When you don't have a brain that works, your whole body, nothing works. works, Right. And so I'm taking it in. But the one thing I knew was no, hell no, it won't. I'm rejecting that thought. I'm not believing that thought. Yeah. That's not the, that's not the thought I'm going to believe. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so when I finally got home and was lying in bed, I said, okay, I'm going to get sad, angry, whatever it is for two weeks. Why me? And then I'm moving forward. But most importantly, I need to know why am I here? Why am I here? Because I wasn't supposed to live. Mm. And it for certain, for sure is all heck wasn't for me to go back to getting a lot of things done and achieving and helping other people achieve and get their wins. Yeah. That's not the answer. So I said, God, universe, you need to show me. I have no idea, but I need you to show me. So eight months later, I was back on my bike and my coach is like, holy cow. It's amazing. You're exactly where you were with your power. My brain was still healing, but my power and everything was um, where I had left off in my accident. I drop was able to drive again. I was dropping my children off to school. And this, this is the transformation. My son is getting on a train in a very affluent town in Chicago. He's 16. My daughter's 11. She's seeing him get on the train. She's going to her school after that. She's sitting in the back. She sees him getting on the train with all these affluent, wealthy people. I tell you this for a reason. They get on the train. I drive away and I hear her little voice say to me, I still hear it. Mama, why does everyone look so unhappy getting on the train, going to work? Mm. I was like, oh my gosh. I know. All I could say is I agree with that. It just touched my heart so much. I dropped her off and I went back home and I got on my bike and I was just about to cross those railroad tracks 10, 15 minutes after she made that comment and my purpose hit me. Here's what I heard. Thank God I almost died doing something I love doing and I was awesome at it. These dear precious people are dying a slow death every day, doing something they don't most want to do because they think they have to and they don't even realize it. I am here to wake them the hell up to their life. 
That was it. That was my purpose. That was my shift. So then I was like, okay, well, how's that going to happen? <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. And so I know when we're called and we're purposed for being, mm. we all, I believe we are all purposed for something special, created, unique, beautiful, gifted, skilled, talented to live at such a time as this for a very special reason. I got my download. I wasn't going to miss it. I didn't know the hows or what, but mm. I knew that was my calling. And when we know our calling, guess what? Things start to come that you aren't out there looking for. Well, yeah. what happens? I stumble upon conscious leadership, which I had no idea really what that was, but it was about how most of us are in a coma like I was in that coma. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what I love too about that story is there's so much to learn from children, isn't there? Like I've learned so much. My daughter's five, five and a half, and they're wise and they see things for what they are, you know. Like it's so powerful to, you know, exactly that. They, they question things that, that you are blind to because you're just conditioned to ignore them. And so it's so incredible the insights we get. But I love that's such a, I mean, such a beautiful mission to wake people up. I mean, most people on the planet are in a coma thinking that they, whether you're a powerful CEO or or not, whether or not you're um, working in a supermarket, um, you know, yeah. on a checkout. I mean, there are so many people just going through the motions, hating their life, totally. thinking they have no other options, no other way that, you know, last week I was away with okay. family and we're just sitting around a dinner table and um, as we got up, you know, we are having a conversation about something and one of the people there said, well, who said life was meant to be fair? And I just thought to myself, like just, just you know, just hearing that it was just like it, it's just like this um, acceptance that life's going to be hard, that it's not fair, that who said it, who said it's going to be fair and easy? Like, well, yeah. you, you decide. You get to decide what it's like, yeah. right? I love that. I love that. I love that. And see again, I love that your daughter. You see that in, and we all had that at one time. Mm. We were curious and we wanted yes. to go out and play with our friends and tear around the place. And when our mom called us in at night, we we're like, no, we want to keep playing. And then at some point we lost that curiosity and that fun. Mm. And now we think we're set to, this is how it has to be. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And so my work is about how do we get out of the coma? Like yes. I was in a coma. To heal. The reason I was put in a coma, which most of you know, is so that my mind would not be thinking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that my mind, my brain could rest, 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 rest. Well, how many of us even rest these days? Yes. We don't pause. We're on overdrive and we've got these downloads and we're just being reactive to them. But when we pause, it gives us the opportunity to wonder, what am I telling myself? What am I believing? Do I want to believe that? Because like you said, it's a choice. If we don't want to live the life of whatever it is we don't want, it's our choice, but we got to know what we're thinking because what we think creates our emotions, right? The emotional intelligence, and then it creates behavior. If we want a different result, it's not going to just be changing the behavior. It's we got to know what we're believing, which we're unconscious to. We have the 65,000 thoughts that come in our mind. We're unconscious to most of them. Every four seconds, we're not present. We're in the future or the past. 
And when we're in those places, it's a scary place because the ego, the part of our brain, the amygdala that wants to keep us safe is looking for what's wrong. It's wanting to keep you safe. So it's alert, 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 alert. It's not looking for, oh, joy. It's looking for safety, 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 safety. And it keeps us in a little cave. It keeps us stuck. And when we go to the future, it's like, oh, I don't know that. So I better not go over there. Oh, that's scary because it doesn't know. And it doesn't like the future. And the ego doesn't like it holds on to the past and it creates sadness and it creates frustration and resentment because it doesn't want to let go to there because, oh, that was just wrong. And that's not going to help you now. Right. And that's what we do. Mm. But when we come back to our breath, which I learned in my healing is one of the only things present in our body. You know, obviously I had to breathe. So they, in a coma, they put me because I was in a coma, I couldn't, they had to put me in oxygen. Right. It kept me alive. Without that, I would have been dead. Right. The brain could rest, but the, the, the breath must be present constantly and to come back to the breath and be present and not be in the chatter. Let the brain be calm, like being in a coma, but just you choosing to put it there mm. and being with the breath. I'm just getting a download of myself right now. Just picturing that. Oh, can I be still like a coma and just stay with my breath and appreciate that breath and be present to now. Right. Otherwise we're just going to be running amok. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, eh. We all live on this autopilot, you know, this autopilot with limitations from the past and fears for the future. And it's only when we, uh, and, you know, one of the things I help clients do is, is really start to understand what that chatter is, like what's going on there so that they can shift that. Because if you just keep going unconscious, your life's going to keep repeating itself, right? And you're just going to keep on the same path. Because most of those beliefs we pick up as children, you know, we pick up... Yeah before we're seven, before we even know what's going on. And we don't even realize what they are, right? We don't even realize what they are. So we need to be aware so we can interrupt them. So tell me how, so you, you, you wake people up, you wake people up by shining a light on how they're keeping them stuck. Like, can you explain, you know, how you do that and and what are the things keeping them stuck? Yeah. So what I do is I always look at results because results never lie. What sort of results? They always any kind of result. It always shows what we're committed to. So we can say we want to weigh, I'll give an easy one. We want to weigh 10 pounds less by the end of May. Mm-hmm. We get on the scale and we've lost maybe four pounds. We're committed to that because that's what we have. It's not like someone was shoving something in our mouth to eat or not exercise or whatever kept us from that. We have an unconscious behavior that was orchestrating that behind the scenes, right? A lot, there's a lot there, of course, of learning. But the the, the issue is, is we say we want thing something, but we don't have it. We are unconsciously creating what we don't want or don't have. So that's why I always start to tell me the three results that you want change in. That's why I always tell people, we go right there. Tell me the three right now that you want to see change in. And then we go backwards. I get to their belief system. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about this person that blah, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And then how do you feel when you blah, 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 blah. Then how do you act when you're telling yourself blah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. Because again, they don't stop. And of course they get 
a defensive yes. result that's going to keep them safe and they're wrong, they're right, but right in putting themselves in defense is what the ego does. And so they can start to see, oh, this is part of my responsibility. And what if I were to shift my thinking? What mm. if I were to curi- get curious? And one toss I always love is since the ego always is telling us something that is in a fear state and a guarded state and a very limited state, it's like, what could, let's get really crazy here. And what could be the very opposite of what I'm telling myself? Let's just flip it. Let's get really crazy. And could that be true? or even truer than the thought I'm believing. And then what that does is it opens us up from defense Mm. to now curiosity because I'm wondering. And once we get into wonder and curiosity, we're open to trust, more trust. We're open to more love for ourselves and the people around us because we're not guarded because guard and defense pushes people away. We're more open. And then guess what? We have limitless possibilities instead of just, I'm right, you're wrong one way or in this way, there's no just black or white anymore. So that's a huge way that I support people. And then I just really ask people like, where, what do you picture yourself doing? What makes you most happy? What's your belief that you're not choosing that, right? Because there's always a, a, a belief. And I really look at getting people into a genius state. And that takes actually years of work. But because we live so much unconsciously that we keep ourselves in excellence or competence or incompetence, but our genius is where I want people to be because that's where their purpose is, their passion is, mm-hmm. where they could work doing whatever they're doing all the time because it's useful and fun for them. But most people yeah. think, oh, I can't have that because what's the story? Yes. I need to have money or I, that's not yes. possible. Or immediately the ego starts to be like, because it's because we're not doing something. The ego doesn't want to go where it doesn't know. The amygdala doesn't want to go there. So it immediately shuts it down, right? So it's just starting. The first thing I always tell people is I want you to just wake up to your patterns and wake up to your thoughts that you are unaware of right now. That's a win. If you could just start noticing what you're telling yourself, let's just practice that because you have it most of your life. Let's just start with that (laughs) with no blame or shame. Just be like, oh, isn't that interesting that I have that thought? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's so, what, what I love too is when you just help clients realize what their beliefs are. You know, often I have some clients say to me, when I say it out loud, I realize how stupid it sounds. You know, <laughs> know. like when, they, when people realize what they've actually been believing, they're like, oh my God, that sounds like such mm-hmm. bullshit. Why am I choosing to believe that? Because we just don't realize, I mean, everyone has this, everyone has very similar stories. Like it's not like, I mean, underneath it all, they're they're very similar, but often we just don't realize. Yeah. We're all the same. We all want the same thing. We all want to be loved, safe, secure, have enough food, right? Have friendship. We all want the same thing, but Uh, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. And at the, at the core of it all, we just, we're seeking Mm -hmm. happiness. We're seeking freedom. Like, you know, all of the things that people want to achieve, it's, you know, when it, and you know, one of the things I talk about with clients is what we want to achieve is the emotion. You know, like when you're striving to be number one, it's because you believe it's going to give you some sort of emotion, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's pride Mm -hmm. or joy or happiness or Mm -hmm. that feeling of success. Mm -hmm. But the problem with always chasing an emotion or, you know, chasing a goal is that it's, that the emotion's short-lived, right? It's when you can learn to embody the emotion you want now, yeah. you start to free yeah. yourself yeah. from the pressure. 
Because it's not an external thing anymore. Yes. We're not at the effect of what's outside of us. When we decide I'm going to choose Mm. to be joyful and focus on things that bring me joy on the inside, regardless, then that's the game changer because that's the thing we're chasing. And our whole life is it's out there. It's out there. It's no matter what it is, money, love, happiness, whatever. It's not out there. It's in here. It's in, it yeah. has to be in here. It will never be sustainable out here. You might, no. it's a temporary. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Just like you said, yeah. it's a temporary. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, yeah. is that whenever you reach that goal, you're going to set a new one. It's not like you're going to go, okay, I've hit this now. Now I'm good for the rest of my life. Like that's it. No. You, you hit a <laughs> no. goal and you go, what's next? What's next? What's next? And you know, yeah. that's, it's, yeah. that's the vicious cycle. So absolutely. It's finding those emotions now from inside and letting go of chasing them. So totally. what, and I know, you know, conscious leadership is something, um, you know, it's a big focus for you. So what, what are the most important aspects of creating sort of joyful, conscious leaders? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So, um, so it's first taking radical responsibility for yourself. That's the first commitment is why I commit to living the life I most want to live. Because the only way we can get to joy is listening to, does my head, heart, and gut, my whole being have a yes, I call it my whole body yes, to my decisions. Most of the time as leaders, we're like, yes, 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 because a leader should do this and a leader wants to help. And But most of those are no's, but we listen to it. So when we don't have our whole yes, it causes internal stress and strife inside of us. So the only way we can have joy is to start to listen to what do I most want? And people mm. say, I can't ask for what I most want. I'm like, yes, you can. You have a desire in your heart for a very specific reason. I think we've been gifted with our desires because they're coupled with our skills, our talents, our passions. It's all one big, beautiful ball. Mm. And so to listen to what we most want and to step into it, things flow easily. And that's the only way we get joy. So we want to learn like, what's my belief where I cut it off? I can't have this, or that's not right. Or that shouldn't, right? Why can't it be easy? Well, yes, it can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the easiest thing for me to tell people is the reason you don't have joy is because you don't have alignment with yourself. And how do you teach someone to find that full body? Yes. Just yeah. tuning into how they feel or. Yeah. So I work on emotional intelligence, all three learning centers, IQ, EQ, BQ. So my first teachings are body, body intelligence, which is our first line that something is not for us. Actually, when something is not for us, you probably know this, where our body pulls back, it tightens, the muscles get tight, the mm. chest caves in, we get a fast heart rate. We don't breathe. Deeply, we have a shallow heart rate, a heart, heart, heart breath. We have a shallow breath. That's a sign that something's not for you. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but what do we do? We just push through it. And I want, so just being curious about your body, how is it respond? And then taking a pause instead of having to make a decision, can you be gracious to yourself? And what's the hurry, Murray? Take a moment, take a day, take a, Listen to yourself, right? But most people are like, I don't want to disappoint someone by saying no, or I don't want to, right? We're outside of ourselves taking on more than our responsibility instead of just being responsible for ourselves, right? So teaching them, how am I responsible just for myself and raising up other people to be responsible for themselves and how do we create win-wins 
versus shoulds and have tos and fear motivation. But Mm. companies are run on fear motivation. Yes. And it's not working anymore, right? We've got more suicides and illness Mm. than ever. And we're producing more in the world than ever. And the most unhappy country is one of the most, the biggest leaders is the country I live in, the United States. Mm-mm. So what is that saying? Yeah. So, and then the other thing is to listen to the body when it wants to go forward, when it's like, yes, it's like your whole body's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I work with that. And then emotional intelligence. I work on five main ones, um, joy, um, creative energy, sadness, fear, and anger, and a combination of all those or one or two, and where are they located in the body? And what is it telling you once it passes through emotions only last 90 seconds, if we allow them to come through us, um, the energy and motion that's generated from our thinker. And once it passes through us, we come back to our head and ask, huh, it's interesting that I was having that anger and anger says, this no longer serves me. So there's wisdom in each emotion. Mm. And so if I get curious, um, sadness means something needs to be let go of. So something new can step in, right? Creative energy is something wants to be birthed. And, it, yes. you know, and all these energies live in our bodies and we know where they are. Sadness lives here. Um, joy lives here. Mm. What wants to be celebrated and we don't celebrate enough. Mm. Yeah. Right? yeah. What wants to be celebrated? So listening to the wisdom of emotions. And then lastly, what is my mind telling me? And are they all congruent and waiting for that if it's not? Mm. It must be such a new way of um, leaders working, right? I mean, that is not how you're taught. To make no. no, no, it's only from the head. <laughs> totally, yeah. Totally yeah. from the ego part of the yes. brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely been something that, you know, I've had to unlearn that the and I, I always talk about it being a lot of masculine energy that sort of go 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 lots of strategy lots of processes going to make decisions is what we're doing this where we're going problem solving and when you learn to slow down and start to listen more and also you know tune into your intuition like what are you just being led to do what are you being guided to do we're always receiving downloads little ideas and learning to tune into that so that you know, because even when they don't make sense, right? Even when they don't yeah. make sense. It's interesting because your gut, so our intuition and our gut is usually right. But when the ego gets in the way, it questions. Yes. And then it gets us off track. So yeah. the first thing is if it's a yes in your gut, just go with it. Just trust yeah. it. And people are st- starting to listen. Oh, I did have that in my gut. And mm-hmm. the other thing I really use, I want to share one other thing, a really cool thing. And I know it's big here in the US, I think in, in Europe, I'm not sure in Australia, but um, the Enneagram is a tool I use to wake up to our pattern. So the Enneagram type, I laugh because a lot of people know their Enneagram type which is wonderful. And it's a stretch. It's how we put ourselves in the, in our box, right? Our type is our box that we go yeah. to when we're triggered. And I call it, it's our delusion to keeping us safe. And it's, we're either a head, heart or gut type. Mm-hmm. And so to learn your type and then your stretches and how do I integrate all other learning centers is for each type is a beautiful thing. So I incorporate that as one of my conscious tools as well. That I find yeah. really, I don't know if you use that at all in your No, learning. but you mentioned it last time we, when we caught up and had a brief chat. I must look into it. I must look into it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And you mentioned something to me too. I forget. Yes. Human design. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I Did get, you send that to me? No, but I will. I will. I'll send you the link. Okay, good. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and actually, I'll pop, fun. It, I'll pop it in the show notes too for anyone. I'll pop a few links in the show notes today. Okay. Like, um, there's this awesome uh, girl I had a human design reading from um, a, few, a while ago. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's everyone's got their own unique way of operating based on your chart. It's got some astrology. Uh, it looks at the chakras. I can't explain it all in detail, but mm-hmm. yeah, when you know what your human design is it gives you the um the the best way for you to operate so even just making decisions based on what your energy centers some people work best for example to sleep on things for me it's all about that gut response it's all Mm -hmm. that immediately you know if it's yes or no and for me it's you know any amount of time spent sort of researching and weighing up pros and cons just confuses the shit out of me so so some of the people are different you know different but that's that's my I think it's just going to be go with that first gut response. So I'll yeah. say, yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I love all these tools. I love all these tools. There's lots, and it's so interesting hearing, just hearing you talk in general, because we obviously have, you know, different ways of approaching what we do, but so much of it is so, so the same. The same, yeah. same desire, same want, same, yeah. same and end goals that we want tools, for everyone. Right? Just, just different, different tools. tools. Yeah, yeah. The IQ9, IEQ9, Integrative 9 is what I have found because I've taken a lot of assessments and I try to find the most accurate for my people. Um, and I'm certified now in that as well. I It's hugely intuitive and like the you get forty one page reader on you, it's in, immensely helpful. Yeah, um, and we I type teams that way too with it, yeah. um, which comes up pretty amazing too. How we show up in on our enneagram as a team is really awesome. Yeah, I love that. I must do that for myself mm-hmm. too. So, is there anything else you would like to add? Anything else you'd like to share? Oh yeah. So yeah, I just want you guys to um, who's ever listening, just thanks for being here and. Yeah, like it's normal to be scared, right? That's all of us have that. And loving yourself covers over that um, fear. And if you're interested in stepping forward and knowing more, meeting me, talking with me, and you're a little scared, could love come with you? Could you welcome both of them to step forward? And all you do. Um, And if you want to reach me, I have a couple of ways you can reach me. One is um, I have um, a quiz. So you can know where you are in the world around your genius, your joy, or your excellence and suffering. Um, it's the it's uh, www.beyonddoing. So there's two Ds together, beyonddoingquiz.com. It will take you three or four minutes. Um, you can connect me by taking that. You can also um, let me know that you heard us speaking and reach out to me. And I'm offering a 30-minute complimentary assessment discovery session around you and where you are, where you want to go, where you're stuck. Um, And you can reach me by Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at Sunderland, S-U-N-D-E-R-L-A-N-D, coaching.com. And you can visit me on my website at www.sunderlandcoaching.com. Awesome. And that's it. Thank you. And <laughs> you'll give me all those links. So I'll pop them in the show notes. So for anyone yeah. listening, go to the show notes. All those links will be there for easy access. <laughs> yeah, so you there have to you type go. All that stuff in because who's going to remember that? <laughs> yeah, I've got a long last name. <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been so wonderful chatting to you thank today. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. you. And so um, yeah, fun. if anyone wants to take those quizzes, there's going to be lots of little links there. So um, definitely reach out. Thank you so much again. Thank you. 
thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you loved what you heard here and are excited for your expansion. If it resonated with you, then please screenshot this podcast and share it with your friends and hashtag soul aligned business babes. And please rate and review so I can spread the word and keep bringing you more goodness. If you're not already following me on social media, come and join the party for extra inspiration and teachings. I do live trainings in my Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash soulaligned.bb. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Susan Francis or come to my website at susanfrancis.com.au and download your free manifestation meditation and check out what programs I'm currently offering. I'm so excited you joined me here today and can't wait to share the next episode with you. Until then, remember you are powerful beyond measure and your success is inevitable.